Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is the always brilliant David Hart, soon-to-be CEO at hotel company RBH Hospitality Management. Coming up on today's show... David hints that he may have had a fairly intense job. In 18 months, I've probably got about five years' worth of experience. Phil attempts to stay on message. In any case... This is an upbeat podcast. Yes. And I, and I intend to keep it that way. And David proves that hospitality challenges come in all shapes and sizes. To move the beach that was in the, the grounds of the hotel from one side of a path to the other side of a path. All that and so much more as David talks us through his incredible journey to date, as well as giving us so many amazing snippets of advice built around the lessons of his story. It really is quite a wonderful journey told with intelligence and humility. We're incredibly grateful to David for giving us the time to chat through his story. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week telling the amazing and always amusing stories from hospitality. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a like and a share across your favourite social networks. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to another edition of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today we're back in hotels and I'm delighted to welcome someone that I've known, would you believe this, for 10 years now. We'll probably chat about that very briefly uh, at the beginning when we uh, get the formalities out of the way. But currently at the time of recording is the CFO at RBH Management, but is soon to be the CEO. So a mighty old welcome to David Hart. Thank you very much, Phil. Good to be here. How are you doing? Yes, good. A little bit nervous, if I'm honest. I've oh, never never done a podcast before, and to be honest, until about six months ago, I'd never even listened to a podcast. So this is all quite new to me. Oh, very good. Yeah. Well, uh, rest assured, you've you've chosen a nice, soft podcast to uh, to break your your virginity. <laughs> I went through and listened actually to some of the the previous ones and. It was, it was quite informative. It gave me a good idea of how you approach it. But to be honest, it did get me thinking, God, quite a lot of these people you're speaking to are actually quite interesting. Not, <laughs> really, not really sure why, you, why you've asked me to come on. You must be running out of interesting people to speak to. But That's right. Yeah, that's exactly why it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when, do you know when I was um, doing the, the old research that I couldn't believe? Because you and I met when you were at the uh, the Grove Hotel. Uh, and that's going back 10 years. And I I was actually a little bit flabbergasted when I saw that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think what I also find interesting about your, your background, and that's, I suppose, a nice link to, to just get straight and stuck in, is you didn't actually start your career specifically within hospitality by the looks of things. No, no, I, I didn't at all, to be honest. It was never really an industry that I would have, thought about getting into or kind of even moving into I mean I started off when I was younger this sounds a bit tragic I always wanted to be an accountant it sounds like some kind of confession Um, I say always when I was about eight years old I remember I did want to be a fireman but after that I only ever really wanted to be an accountant and I I don't know my mum and dad were both maths teachers and so numbers were kind of always my thing if you like it was kind of what I was good at it was what I was interested in and so accountancy just kind of seemed like a the natural route to yeah. people went to if you like and yeah so to me it was quite a kind of classic start and you know it was university to do maths and accounts I mean my god what a combination of subjects 
Yeah, that's uh, my brain already feels tired, to be honest. (laughs) We were talking about how interesting this might or might not be. I'm not sure I've started well. (laughs) You start talking about double entry and then uh, then, uh, that's that's everybody gone then, isn't it? (laughs) And then it was, yeah, off to PwC and what for me was kind of perceived as the the best route into accounting or or business in, in general is kind of big four accounting firm and to be honest after that I'd, all I really knew was I didn't want to stay in an accounting firm I wanted to move into an inverted commas industry but yep. what that looked like to be honest I didn't really know at a young age I just knew that I wanted to get out into a proper operational business and, and even when I first left PwC which to be honest was it the first opportunity I kind of qualified 2003 and then kind of handed my notes in straight away and I went to Scottish Power right which was I've always kind of focused kind of throughout my career and and trying to if I say fill gaps in my CV and kind of build my experiences out to try and help me get forward to the next step so at that stage I kind of felt there was something kind of lacking around the joys of technical accounting and kind of big PLC groups if you like so yeah I made that move and then fortunately after not very long somebody that I knew from PwC who worked for what was BDL at the time kind of small management company based in Glasgow came calling and that was my introduction to hotels. Were you you still Glasgow based at this this time? Yeah at that point absolutely so I'd, I'd never kind of really moved anywhere I'd been kind of born and brought up in Glasgow or the kind of surrounding suburbs and went to university at Strathclyde in Glasgow, went to PwC in Glasgow, and got the job at Scottish Powers head office in Glasgow. There are other cities in Scotland, you do know that, right? <laughs> so, so they say, so they say, but none that <laughs> compared to Glasgow. Um, but yeah, so and so no, I've never really kind of been anywhere, still based in Glasgow. And, and to be honest, it was by chance, it was actually kind of two management companies um, based in Glasgow at that point in time and to be honest there only really were kind of two or three management companies at all in the UK at that stage so yeah, it's sure. quite kind of opportune if you like from from that point of view. Yeah do you know what the one takeaway from your, your time at Scottish Power as well is that this always happens whenever I have somebody from Scotland on the uh, the show and I can say this because obviously you can probably detect from my accent that I'm also from that part of the world. You, you said the word Scottish about as Scottish as someone can say it. <laughs> it's um, and I love it. I love it. I want. I just I had to bring that up because it was my big takeaway from your time at Scottish Power. Because obviously this is a um, this is a hospitality podcast, so I can say that for that. But I won't take the Mickey on anything from hospitality. That's well, right. I, I I don't mind having the the Mick taking that. That's fine. I'm I'm just more yeah. concerned about when I have to come and listen back to this and listen to my whole voice yeah. for an hour or something it like is, that. That's the worst thing in the world. It's the it is the thing that everybody hates the most. And it was even the same for me when I I started this and the first time I edited the first ever podcast. You you know you you forget how horrible you sound to yourself. I mean. <laughs> But yeah, soon you get past that, and uh, but well, but all the uh, now that you're you're taking the step up to to CEO, I'm sure there'll be lots of calling for um, for your opinion on many great things. So you need to be ready. Absolutely. So I'm just training you. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, early on. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I digress, and uh, yeah, so into into RBH or BDL as it was then. Yeah, yeah, it was in a, it was quite an introduction. So. 
the guy that kind of brought me in, a guy, Stuart Campbell, who's, I'd say, a bit of a hospitality veteran himself, but still young guys, only a couple of years older than me. And I knew him from PwC. Um, he'd been a year above me. So he was looking for somebody to kind of backfill in him as he was stepping up. So he gave me a phone, went in for an interview. And, and BDL at that time was kind of quite small. They had, I say quite small, I think they had just coming up on 18 hotels. Right. And the owners there were invested in most of those as well. And it was quite a big role for them to be recruiting. It was just a group accounting role, but it was quite important to the business because they only had about 10 people in their central team. So it was one of these kind of situations I went in and I had to be interviewed by about five or six different people. So by different people in the finance department, by the finance director, by even like the sales and marketing director interviewed yep. me. And I was going through kind of chatting to all these guys. And then the, the chief exec, who's an absolute legend in the industry, Louis Woodcock, they said, oh, Louis just wants to kind of see you and come in and have a chat to you, you know, because it's an important role for the business, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, yeah, fine. So just kind of sitting up in this room myself for, God, I feel like ages waiting on him. He was on the phone or whatever. All mm. of a sudden, just the door launched open. Louis comes in, sits down, and just kind of starts almost like talking to himself and kind of reading <laughs> my CV. And I think some of the guys must have put some comments down and just literally kind of talking to himself, but out loud. Yeah. And he just kind of turns <laughs> to me and goes, so Campbell, yeah, yeah. You like getting pissed with Campbell? And I was like, uh, uh. and I mean, I mean, like, I don't know what age I was then, twenty-five or something, right? And I, I've no idea. Like, what do you say? Uh, yeah, yeah, I like a beer. Okay, good. And he got up and walked out, and right. I was like, oh my god, what's happened? And that was that. Got the job, and that was literally the one question he asked me, and he just oh. otherwise sat and chatted away, and that was my my introduction to Louis, which was memorable. But that, do you know what? That, I, I love that because that's, you know, there's a lot of uh, rigidity around interviewing and, you know, you've got to get through this list of questions and all of that. But actually, I'm assuming from the notes that that, there, that you were there because you were recommended to him. Yeah. And actually that question that he asked you was really just centered around, you know, are you, are you, are you a normal human being? You know, it's not yeah, just all was... about work, work, work. No, and it was a huge thing for them at that time. Like I said, it was one role as part of a fairly small team. So culture was absolutely kind of vital for them in bringing the right people in and not making the kind of the wrong recruitment decision, yeah. if you like. And through, and we'll talk about it no doubt later on, but throughout my whole time at BDL and into its current incarnation as RBH, culture has been absolutely critical for us um, about being a great place to work and socialising with the people you work with and, and just getting yeah. on with the people it just makes a massive difference to our business and yeah so beers with Campbell was essential then it was essential in surviving them as we we went forward over the next few years was easier yeah. said than done sometimes <laughs> so so yeah yeah so uh, uh, what happened next well, it was certainly an interesting start. So I joined in kind of the March and within, I think it was about four months, four to five months, I'd been told that they were selling 13 of the 18 hotels that they had. Oh, so immediately I'd kind of joined this company and it was a really good start, great introduction. And all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, we're just massively downsizing the company. And essentially the, the owners had just been offered 
a deal they couldn't say no to to buy a, a large group of the hotels. So it was probably kind of a, a first lesson for me in how you treat people in, in those kind of situations. So right. by nature of what was happening, I mean, going from 18 hotels to 13, so they were having to cut the central team heavily. So kind of quite a lot of kind of relatively young people in that team, and they were just unavoidably going to have to make some redundancies. But the way the guys went about it at that time, I think it was just really appreciated by everybody. They paid out most of the team. I think it was like a full year's salary at that well, point in time. Right. So actually you went from a situation where we were telling people they were probably going to lose their job to actually most of them were absolutely delighted that they were losing their yeah. job. Um, all these um, kind of young guys got given a full year's salary. They all went off and got other jobs, no problem at all. And it was, you know, turned what could have been yeah. a really negative situation into a positive. I mean, for into my a part, house deposit. Yeah, no, exactly. And there was there was yeah. people that did that. And I mean, that it was just, you know, they could have dealt with it very differently. And it was just a, kind of an early learning, if you like, yeah. for me. And I mean, even in my case, I'd been there two minutes, basically, but they decided they wanted to keep me on for the kind of future growth of the business. And oh, you must I, have been gutted. <laughs> well, actually, the point I was going to make, like, I got given this fairly chunky bonus. It was by far oh, at that point in my career the kind of biggest bonus I'd had. I'd been there two minutes. They hardly really knew me, to be honest. Yeah. And it was just, uh, oh, God, this is how you can actually treat people and, you know, do the right thing. And it was just very impressive and kind of really brought me into the culture there. And Yeah, and that really lives long well. in the memory as well you know and and it's actually okay like if your if your balance sheet doesn't add up and you can't do that then that's a different matter but if you can think about the the impact that that has on the people who are leaving the company they're still your fans you know and uh, and who knows i mean it's such a small industry isn't it really that uh, that all comes back round at some point and you you cross paths with these people and uh, and it makes the process a whole lot easier absolutely and i think i mean you yeah, it's like you saying, kind of, we'll talk about it, but yeah, that, that whole kind of how you're thought of down the line by people when it comes back round, because as a small industry, you're going to encounter people again has become kind of quite an important thing for me as, as I've gone through through my career. So, Yeah, yeah. So after that, you were retained. And um, so what, what happened then? Yes, I mean, I, I think I'd kind of talked earlier on that um, for me it was always kind of quite important to be, I'm not sure I like the phrase, fill the gaps in my CV, but I was kind of keen to always kind of get on and kind of move up the ladder, if you like. So yep. to me, what that really meant was trying to get as much experience as I could. Um, and to be honest, I was absolutely loved working at BDL. It was a great place to work. But, you know, after a period of time, I kind of really felt, you know, and I need to kind of get some other experiences so I'd kind of ended up after about three and a half years ago after a job by Devere um, and that was down just outside London so I thought right yeah this is a great opportunity it was a new role that they were creating different hotel company I really loved being in the industry so I thought this is ideal it also moves me away from Glasgow perish the thought Um, nosebleed see a bit of the the world out there somewhere else in the UK So, so that was great so I decided to kind of take that offer from um, Devere and, and move. And I think it was probably the first time I'd kind of learned that if, if you're working with people that realistically you want to be working with over the longer part, then you should be able to have kind of a, a fairly open and honest conversation with them and not 
have it held against you. So I was able to yeah. have a, a conversation with my boss, Stuart, at that time and just say, look, I've been offered this job, really interested in it. I think it'll be a good experience. And, and you know, I was actually able to ask his advice and get a view from him on taking that job. And it wasn't this kind of, oof, you want to leave, you know, fine off you go and, and not speak to me. It was actually kind of probably my first experience of being able to have quite an adult, you know, conversation around that type of thing yeah. and, and that continued on in the future so it was unfortunate though it, it wasn't great timing so this was right in the middle of 2008 and two weeks so I was on three months notice two weeks before I finished up I got phoned by Devere to say really sorry um, there's this global economic crisis developing which you might have heard about and we're not going to be able to give you the job we've been reforecasting it's not looking good we're making redundancies and because the role I was going into was a new role they just said we're not going to be able to give you the job and have you take the job up so I mean that was quite a blow not just because it was a job I was really looking forward to stepping into. I'd obviously handed in my notice at a company I'd enjoyed working with. But I was also moving from Glasgow to London as well. So it was all a bit, kind of, oh my God, yeah. moment. But that's, it's kind like of a, that's an inevitable part of uh, economic downturns, isn't it? The yeah. uh, the fact that, that people, uh, lots and lots and lots of people find themselves in situations that they haven't planned for or, you know, because it's it's completely taken out of your control. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was for me, I'd just never been in that position before. Yeah. Um, just in a situation I hadn't seen, not something I'd ever really had to think about or deal with. I suppose, you know, we're kind of in a, a similar kind of economic environment maybe at the moment. And when I think back to that point in time, actually, I'm kind of actually quite pleased with how I dealt with it. I actually just went, moved down south anyway and started looking for a job. Right. And, and very quickly, I was actually kind of quite lucky. I got offered three of them at, at the same time. But I think if it was now, I would probably be like, oh my God, like that's absolutely horrendous. I've, I've got to find a job. But it's just interesting that I've kind of been through that, that situation back then and I've seen that it can work out absolutely fine. So, so yeah. Yeah, I think as well, I mean, that you kind of you have to have the courage of your conviction, right? In a situation like that, the, you've made the, the choice the easy option perhaps would have been to to go with your tail between your legs and and retreat and and try and restart that process again but in actual fact it's it was actually more about looking forward that objective was still there yeah and that's what the guys actually said to me because i actually didn't say to the guys at bdl because I, I wanted to just go and try and do something new and get a different role and, and whatever else and when I spoke to them a few weeks later to, to tell them they're like why didn't you come back to us and I said look I just I needed to go and do something else and you know widen yeah. my experience and, and deal with it that way I didn't want to just come back and sit doing what I was doing because I was moving for a reason and that reason hadn't gone away so yeah yeah no, absolutely so you, you had three job offers Yes, and, and decided to take the one that I didn't really want to do, which was a absolutely tremendous <laughs> piece of decision making. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was it was kind of a bit bizarre to be honest. And sometimes when I think back, I'm not really sure what what I was thinking about. So I had an offer from the Grove yep. to go and be director of finance there 
people don't know it's a fantastic five-star property golf course spa it's kind of yeah. everything you want in a hotel <laughs> yeah no doubt. i had it's an stunning. offer to go and work for a kind of financial services firm it was probably the best paid of the, of the three jobs probably had a really good kind of potential you know career progression or whatever and then i had an offer to go and work for a, a relocation firm which i think is just fancy for movers um <laughs> but for some reason honestly it's still unbeknownst to me i decided to go for the the removal firm or um, relocation really? firm, d- well given what i know about you your background i wasn't expecting that but anyway yeah. uh, carry on so so and when i think back on I, I genuinely struggle to remember what was it actually swayed me then i don't know if it was a bit more of a kind of classic finance role it was a kind of group pepsi type role but so i picked that one went in there and within about probably five minutes of being there i just knew i'd made a mistake it was just you know you just know that that way you have an instant feeling of oh no to put it politely um (laughs) yeah this is just yeah I've, i've just done the wrong thing here right and it was a, a combination of, you know, maybe some of the kind of people that I encountered, maybe going back to the culture piece earlier on, it was just an instant, you know, dislike of of that. And then also, I mean, the place was a, a shambles, frankly. Nothing worked, you know, they had no idea really what they were doing strategically. I mean, it was, it was just, it literally was all over the place. So just everything just said to me straight away, nah, you've just done the wrong thing here. Right. And it, when I when I kind of think back, I, I, I think the only thing maybe that, I mean, I didn't take the Grove job and the hospitality job was I had this kind of concern at the time that, you know, was it kind of a step back? I was going from a kind of a central role into a, on property role and I probably have always to some extent overthought the you know what does your CV look like kind of thing and at that stage when I was younger I was maybe you know overthinking that so yeah very quickly I decided right I I really don't want to be here yeah and managed to get back in touch with the guys at the Grove and explain (laughs) my feelings and stupid decision making and convince them to to give me another chance and, and manage to go and take up that role there and yeah wow, well, a... I, I had no idea i had no idea and I, I i suppose it shows you that um uh one again you've got to have the kind of the, the courage to have adult conversations with people about stuff people make mistakes that's inevitable yeah. it doesn't matter if you're a a ceo or a, a waiter or whatever you're going to make a mistake at some point yeah but uh, it's how you own that, I suppose, and it also shows you that that hospitality rules. Absolutely. Well, that was that the in. thing, and it was <laughs> I, I hadn't wanted to leave the industry, and it was all it was it was kind of I don't know that it really factored into my decision making enough at that point in time, and it was mm. part of that kind of instantaneous. I've done the wrong thing here, you know. I, I really did love working with hotels in in that industry, and it was yeah. It was yeah. a kind of a bit of an awakening when I came out of it. And I think it's one thing I've got, me and some of my friends that are in kind of similar jobs to me, I've, I've kind of chatted about this in the past about, you know, if you're an accountant, and as I have been up to now, does it matter what industry you're in? Because, you know, 
being an accountant is being an accountant. What you're doing in your day job essentially is the same thing. But for me, yeah. it, it absolutely is vital. I mean, I just, I've got to be interested in what the company that I'm working for does. I mean, I've got a yeah. friend who's a um, finance director for a, an asset financing company and they fund trucks. And I've got another friend who's the, the CFO for a, a company that puts up 5G mobile phone masts right. and to the, they're both absolutely happy that you know finances financing specifically what their their company does if you like is not hugely important to their enjoyment of their job or not but for me it, it absolutely has become critical and um, yeah. i just i need to be interested in what the company's doing and selling and what the, just the ongoing discussions day-to-day in the business are mm. Just need to understand that and be happy about it and interested in it at its yeah. core to want to do my job and do my bit of it. I feel yeah. like so. I can relate to that a little bit, a slightly different situation. But I, in that same period, actually, in the, the 2008 9 downturn, I, I was made redundant from my job at a company called Portfolio at the time and uh, went and worked for a, a local firm of accounting recruiters who taught me an awful lot, I have to say, but we were recruiting finance into multi-sector. So pretty much it was all postcode related. So uh, my patch was uh, Kent, basically, and uh, well, North Kent, sort of Dartford, uh, Bromley, that sort of area. And in many ways, recruiting was easier because it was um, it was a lot more black and white. It was about finding this person with this skill it was there was nothing about the person to do with the recruitment and i really i just didn't get on with that at all and i that's that was my calling to come back into to hospitality just because there's a lot more emphasis on i think uh, certainly from what i've seen a lot more emphasis on culture and how the people connect with each other to to make good stuff happen yeah no, and I mean, I think that's, for me, I just kind of instantly had missed it, even though I'd only been out of it for what, six weeks by that point in time when I, I got back into the industry. And yeah, you just, I, for me, I just find like, who doesn't love hotels, restaurants, bars, you know, whatever it is, it's such a massive part of everybody's life. People, you know, understand it. So you can talk to people about what you do and what your company does. and yeah. And the, the day-to-day discussions you're having are about kind of like real life things that and and generally kind of happy things, you know. I mean, for most people, probably hotels, restaurants, bars, it's connected with, you know, happy things that you do at time that you enjoy. So, you know, mm. how can you not love having your work connected to that? I feel like and that's what I'd kind of I don't know that I really realized it enough at that point in time, but then have since, if you like. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're at the Grove. Yep. Secured the role. And yeah, talk us yeah. through what happened next. Yeah, I mean, that's, but that's interesting times to join any company, I suppose. If the, I mean, yeah. the, the Grove, I think, did something like 40% of the business was financial services based meetings and events business. And essentially right. overnight, it just vanished. That's, um, yeah, gone to zero. I mean, with his companies, I think I remember, I think Barclays was one of them that had paid something like 80 or 90 grand for an event, like a kind of prepaid deposit up front. And 
it was non-refundable and they cancelled the event and they didn't care that they weren't getting the money back at that point in time they just couldn't be seen to be having an event or, or whatever it was so it was kind of right. quite crazy times and it was a, we got into kind of an interesting situation there where i mean the business wasn't performing well it was just struggling i mean a very large overhead uh, that hotel mean we had over 500 people you know just by the nature of the, the size of the place the golf course disbanded yeah. we ended up that the management team there that I was part of we felt that really we had to restructure to to deal with that um, and it was actually an interesting time because the owners there they very much didn't want to do that and it was i mean normally it'd be the other way around you'd have the owners yeah. and the shareholders really pushing the management team going you need to sort this out you need to save money blah 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 but it was very different when i was there and it was really the management team trying to put together a proposal saying look you know we need to do this you know we we can restructure we don't drop the guest service but we can make savings it's the right thing to do and i mean it actually took us a long time to kind of convince the owners that it was the right thing to do and and ultimately we did go through that process but it was going back to my kind of point earlier about you know it's not so much how you how you can treat people at the time but the kind of maybe the communication or what what happens round about and these processes is we it took us months and months to finally get this this process kind of signed off. We kicked it off one day, and then the next day it was announced that we were spending I think it was sixty thousand pounds is the number I remember to move the beach that was in the the grounds of the hotel from one right. side of a path to the other side of a path. Right, and you're sitting there going. Oh, this yeah. is not a good message at all. And it was it was just kind of at that point in my life I'd been involved in two processes of involving kind of redundancies. And you know, the first one I mentioned earlier on and saw how you could deal with this and the great way you could deal with people. And then this one, it was just we didn't manage it <laughs> well around right, the yeah, yeah. at all. It was just a big mistake kind of thing and caused a bit of ill feeling and and yeah so there was a another learning in in connection with with that at that point such a, I, I suppose it's it's one thing as well right i mean one yeah. thing that ultimately is not in under normal circumstances no real damage done but in a such situation like that where it's probably front and center that um that people are are having to lose their jobs and yeah. then you know that's is that is that a high priority uh, option at the time? Probably not, but it just uh, it shows you how quickly the 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 reputation can get tarnished just from one really ultimately quite small thing. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it just kind of taught me when you've got these kind of difficult situations, you just got to bear in mind all the other factors of things that seem unrelated to it, and yeah. you know you just want to really kind of make sure you're considering the whole business at a point in time like that so so yes yeah so, so how long were you at the grove so yeah so i was there about um i think it was about a year and a half year and a half yeah. i think it must have been and then interestingly i, I got a call from a former boss at bdl Stuart, asking if i'd be interested in coming back so if ever right. there was a kind of reason why you shouldn't burn your bridges i think that was it kind of front and center so yeah i mean i think at that point in time they had expanded a bit more they brought in a number of new hotels i was able to go into like a divisional role and um, so for me again in this kind of idea of expanding 
the experiences I had and the, the skills that I had. I saw that really as a, a step up. I'd, I'd been in a central role previously. I'd now been on property in a real fantastic kind of five-star resort property. Yeah. And now it's the chance. Complex property yeah. as well. Yeah, very complex. Yeah, multiple F&B outlets, M&E, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then now had the chance to move into that kind of what we refer to as a divisional role, but you know, a lot of other hotel companies will talk about area roles or regional roles. Yeah. So for me, that was a real kind of step up. So I was delighted to go back and left in good terms, got on well with all the guys there. And yeah, yeah it was fantastic. And the, the good thing was I could still be based down south uh, because they had a, right. a satellite office at Heathrow. So there was no requirement for me to move back to Glasgow either. So it was ticked a lot of boxes at, at that time. And yeah, I was delighted to, to go back. And I mean, that was right at a point in time when it was kind of coming out at the back of the the worst of the, the financial crisis. And it was when a lot of hotels were kind of going into administration and, and, and stuff like that. So that was a real right. kind of eye-opening kind of period of time as well, because BDL, as it still was then, we made a lot of kind of strong relationships with banks over the years, just through hotel lending that we'd been involved in or been kind of a party to. And mm. all these lenders were starting to put a lot of, hotels into administration now at the time there's a lot of bad press about it but to be honest I mean most of the hotels where we saw that fundamentally were fairly run down or had been poorly run for a long time so it wasn't like banks were putting good hotels and good locations into administration it was the ones that quite frankly really needed to be done to and kind of churn them through the system and move them on to a new owner and, and, and go from there. So we ended up getting involved in quite a lot of that kind of work. So it was real kind of short-term kind of hotel management to allow a bank to, you know, sort out a sale or just decide what they were going to do with the hotel, quite frankly. So that was quite eye-opening as well. Because, I mean, again, that's not most people don't get involved in seeing that kind of insolvency side of businesses. And yeah, I mean, we saw all sorts of things there. I mean, one of the the guys that I worked with, still to this day, if you ask him what the worst day at work that he's ever had was, was, he went to one of the hotels that was in administration and he literally had to man the front desk and it was a a place that held weddings and there was brides coming in to say, oh, "Oh, I'm here for my wedding. And he himself was having to turn them away saying, really sorry the hotel's in administration we're not going to be able to host your wedding and you're not going to get your deposit back either um, oh my god i mean oh my god and i mean fortunately i'd never had anything quite that bad i had to deal with some suppliers yeah. that weren't going to get paid and whatnot but i never had anything like that and he always still brings that up as just being horrendous and i, I can imagine i mean i just don't know how you would even have that conversation with someone so that's the kind of the real downside of what the industry can have to deal with as well I mean loads and loads of positives and the great stuff that we get to do but you know some pretty hard things that people have to do as well a a business at the end of the day isn't it and um underneath all of the, the 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 human touch stuff it still has to be able to to turn a profit otherwise there's no business yeah and that you know it's just an inevitability isn't it a a part of the the old um cyclical economy is that you know you've just got to be on your toes all the time yeah notwithstanding any extra pressures that come in like what we're dealing with at the moment or 
the crash of 2008-9. But in any case, this is an upbeat podcast. Yes. And I, and I intend to keep it that way. Um, it is upbeat. It's all experience, I suppose. That's yes, the, the exactly. point I'm maybe trying to get across is that you deal with kind of a lot of crappy things, but it's all really adds to you know what you've experienced and what you've dealt with. And at some point in time, yeah. it will help you down the line make a decision which is a better decision than you might have made totally. without that experience if you like so great recovery yeah. I like that very good um yeah but it is it's true though isn't it i mean the, these things are regrettably inevitable but they're inevitable in any business you know downturns hit pretty much every business out there it is i suppose how you deal with it and how you move forward and the learning learning you take so that you're you're better prepared for the next time yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah so yeah so so yeah, so that was, I mean, it was an, another three and a half years. And it, actually, interestingly, it was almost exactly to the day, the same number of uh, days that I was at BDL again that second time round when right. I, I got an opportunity to take a, a, sort of a step into a slightly different part of the hospitality industry. But it was to take my, my first finance director role and it was at a, a student accommodation company. So... I suppose for me, I kind of saw that as a one. I'm I'm getting a step up to FD, which was important for me to, to want to try and do it as soon as possible. Um, yep. Two, it wasn't leaving hospitality completely, but it was moving to a slightly different side of it. And there's probably a lot of people I would expect maybe don't think of student accommodation as a a kind of a, a form of hospitality, but the company I was moving to called Nido, they were very focused on the kind of the higher end student accommodation and a very kind of experiential offering so it wasn't just load of rooms fire kids into the rooms there was f and b outlets on the premises there was a kind of the, we ran a big capex um, project where we were there to put like an amphitheater kind of thing in, in one of the buildings to you know do events at it and, and it was very much more about giving kids an, an experience when they were in London yeah. um, as a student and not just giving them a, a place to stay so for me I kind of felt well you know it's still it's again it's widening my experience in this kind of wider hospitality industry as well as in the specific kind of financial role that I'm getting a, a step up and so so yeah, yeah. It ticked a lot of boxes for me and yeah, it was. So I moved there, got to that being 20, kind of mid 2013, I think it was. And I mean, that was an, an eye opener. It was my my first experience of private equity. So the, the company was owned by a kind of boutique private equity house. And yeah, I mean, that was a, a different degree of pressure to what I'd kind of seen previously, to right. be honest. It was kind of very hard going. And I think that that's one thing over the last kind of 15, 16 years that I've been in the industry, I've really seen a, a change. And I don't know if you, you probably see it yourself, Phil, and if other people do, but when I kind of came into the industry in, in 2005, it was a huge number of these kind of characters like um, Louis Woodcock that I, I talked about earlier on, and even in all the other hotels that you could see about or the hotel companies, it was still very much what coming out the back end of what I think of maybe as the kind of hotel industry kind of heyday, almost right. really you know, people focused in training and, and all that and all really, really great stuff. And I think over the last 15 years, it's, it's transitioned quite significantly, I think, and to, it's become much more of a focus, the industry for 
property. Investors and hotels never really used to be on their radar. Um, there was generally a bit of a concern that it was too cyclical and you know, it was a bit of a, a kind of messy business to get into. There was a lot of refurb and ongoing capital cost and investors didn't really like it, but certainly in the last kind of 10, 15 years, that has significantly changed and really it's put yep. a different dynamic into the industry. There's probably a lot more pressure on, on the bottom line in hotels than there probably ever was historically. Yeah. And yes, that was my kind of first experience of kind of seeing that private equity approach up close yeah. in dealing with some of the things that brought. I think um, sometimes, obviously, that brings its own pressures, but I think in some instances as well, that's it, it It was probably needed in some some places. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, there, there would be situations whereby there was a lot of wastage in things, but actually if you bring in, you know, a focus on making sure that you, you keep the, the wastage within the business to a minimal, then that's, that's ultimately a positive thing. Yeah. But it, it's um I suppose it's how you get there. That's the that was probably a culture shock to the industry. Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely agree. And I think for me I really hope that, you know, you manage to retain as much of, you know, what has gone before, if you like, in terms of all the good stuff. I mean, I think yeah, we quite often in our business talk a lot about maybe how certain elements of the industry haven't really moved on as well as they, they could have over the last kind of twenty, thirty, forty years, whether that's embracing some of the benefits that technology can bring or, or whatever it is, there's still a lot of things get done in the same way they did you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But mm. there's still a massive amount of, of good stuff, whether it's the, the people side, the social side and, and whatever yeah. it is. And we just need to make sure that as the investor base kind of changes, that we don't lose that because that's really what, what made it an attractive <laughs> um, business to get involved in in the first place. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think that as well, there's a, there's always adapting market conditions, isn't there? I remember my time, I, I started my hospitality career on cruise ships and specifically with P&O. And I remember when I started, we had, we had all these little extras that for all intents and purposes, I, I don't know what the actual impact on the guest was, but you know, you'd have a like a chocolate on a turndown service that sort of thing. And gradually these little extras started getting taken away as at the time P&O were being kind of prepared for uh, a takeover. I think Carnival PLC were in the throes of, of looking around. And that's, you know, that, that's an adaption to, to what's needed in the, the market conditions and the, the fact that you know, the price of things goes up. It's not always in the same balance throughout the whole business. So it's inevitable that these you know, little bits and pieces now and again have to get looked at. But yeah, it's... and I think we've sometimes we maybe run the risk of going down a route where there's you try to put a pound value to everything and you end up maybe taking away things where you can't really put a pound value on the benefit of doing this or that or yeah. the, person, the, the second person in the lobby that says hi when people come in and you know, it's very difficult. But, you know, you add all these things up if you, you take them away and you really have a material impact on what guests see when they come into the hotels or, you know, the kind of place it is to work. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's difficult. It, it's just hard to kind of sometimes quantify the benefit of certain things, even though you just have a gut feel that it's worth doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I suppose as well, there's there's this, if the, the I mean, the, the industry was shocked 
and rocked in 2008-9, there's this inevitability of change that, that comes in any kind of, of industry at any sort of period. And if that is the, the change that took place, there's always then a period of adaption. And the people who were in the, the key positions at the time are having to be asked to do things in a very different way than they were, you know, even two or three years before. And that brings its own stress yeah. uh, and pressure as well. Um, there's so many different factors to, to consider. I actually feel like that was balancing itself out reasonably well in the last few years. There was this kind of no- knowledge now in the business that this is kind of the order of things now. Uh, going forward so you kind of know the expectation level and and everybody knows what they're working with and they're able to kind of motor and move forward and then this has come along this year and I actually think that this is the next phase of the psychological cycle of things which then comes into us coming back to the human element again and I there's just been there's been so many instances where I see a lot of focus on the human element in this this year, and that's quite quite rightly so. You know, in in the face of an adversity that we've never seen before in business, yeah, um, that's encouraging for me that the that the next phase of the cycle will will start to take hold. I might be being an optimist. I don't know. Maybe, but no, but I think you're right. I mean, I think through even through this year, I've still stayed in a number of hotels at various points in time when you've been able to, and. I mean, I know internally at our place and and all other companies were being very caught up in, you know, what breakfast we're able to serve and how we serve it and the cleanliness of the, the hotel and, and all this kind of thing. But, mm. you know, the hotels were always clean, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think we, there was an element of going a bit too far and then the best hotels kind of when I've stayed in them this year it's been the ones where well, you know I didn't get the full buffet breakfast I got a choice of three things off the menu and someone kind of brought it out to me but the staff at the reception were fantastic you know although they had a screen up maybe a mask on they were still kind of chatting away to me and you know having a bit of a laugh about to whatever extent about the things that are going on at the moment talking about their hotel and how they dealt with things and you know it was still a great experience of staying in the hotel and as I, I guessed I didn't get bogged down in well that's not the breakfast that I got when I was here three months ago you know yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, and it to be honest it didn't even cross my mind when I was in the hotels in that situation and I'm dealing with that kind of stuff day in and day out so you've got to think that similarly for people that don't work in the industry but they come to stay in the hotels that actually just by the, the staff doing the great job that they do all of the other stuff just kind of slips into the background whether there's a screen up or someone's you know, you've got to wear a mask in the public areas it actually just doesn't matter because yeah you know if you're in your room to enjoy your room you're in your room or if you're chatting to people you can still chat to them and the, the kind of the important things don't necessarily need to have changed and i think you might be right yeah hopefully maybe it can help maybe get us back to realizing what's a bit more important with it all yeah well i mean i think it's it's been said many times before isn't it that you can you can kit your your hotel out with all the finest marble in the world but if you then don't back that up with people that can that can add value to the whole thing 
then effectively what you've got got is a marble shell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But anyway, God, we've gone deep, very deep. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've um, still not rejoined the same company for the third time yet. No, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you you were at Nido at this point, and you were there for uh, for how long in the end? Uh, that was about another 18 months. So though I think in 18 months, I probably got about five years worth of experience. I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> it was intense. I mean, all sorts of stuff, refinancings, kind of sale process that commenced, real difficult conversations with banks and mezzanine debt providers. I mean, it was just, it was an intense 18 months, but I mean, absolutely fantastic experience. And it's, sometimes I kind of look back and I think, if I'd known everything that was going to happen in that 18 months, would I have gone there? And similar to back when I decided to still move to England and look for a job rather than just slot back into BDL, which I could have done, the answer is yeah, absolutely yes. You know, it was hard going and yeah. the experience was absolutely worth it and helped me move on kind of thereafter. So I wouldn't want to have given that up, even if it, at times it maybe wasn't the most enjoyable but the experience that, is worth it that's the lesson though isn't it that you know it's a, the the greatest learning in your your life comes from the moments you you stretch yourself yeah. and the moment that you you find yourself possibly uh, out of your depth because you know if you've got the right attitude you then go and figure out how to to get to the the, the top of the water again yeah um, absolutely um, and you know think of the the learning then that i assume allowed you to then take kind of your next position yeah so it was uh, again i got a phone call from it, it now wasn't bdl it was it was now rbhm because uh, redefine hotels had bought bdl and actually they bought them literally just after i'd left the last time round. but essentially i was offered to go back to the same company now for the third time yeah I don't think there can be many people out there that have, have, have done that, have left a company twice and, and gone back ultimately for a third time. But do you know what's great about that is the fact that you're, you know, you've left and come back, but it, every time you come back, you're, you're then you're adding something else to them yeah. from what you didn't have before. And that's part of the, I suppose, the inevitability of the, the, the reason why people leave. There are, as you said, there are people out there that go, well, if you're going to leave, then don't ever show your face again. Yeah, which I think is really sad. It is. I, that I kind of situation. Agree. And when I've had people that have kind of worked for me that have came to me to talk about a job opportunity they've got or want to just hand their notice in, I mean, I'm absolutely kind of vocally positive about it. I think that's a, a great thing to I would never, ever hold against anybody for leaving yep. a job even if it leaves us in the crap or whatever i mean i think people have to do you know what what's right for them but they're only going to get more and, and different experience and if the relationship with them is good and they were you know a good employee and you enjoyed working with them well they'll get more experience and down the line you will bring them back and i've, I've seen that myself and the, the benefits that can bring certainly to, to me as the kind of the employee if you like but also to the company i think you can really benefit by having people who know your business but have got other experiences as well and things yeah. to compare and contrast and it can be a massive benefit i think to yeah company. yeah absolutely so yes meanwhile back at <laughs> RBH, was it that <laughs> point, yeah? RBH, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah so that was it. i got the opportunity to come back there as cfo and um, which was kind of just a, a bit of a step up from the role I'd been in at Nido. It was a much bigger business at that yep. point in time. I think about 40 odd hotels. And 
yeah, company that I loved working for. So it was just great to get back and be involved with those guys again in that kind of more senior role. And to be honest, I think like you were saying, if I had stayed, I probably wouldn't have been in that role there. Yeah. So it was really the leaving that gave me that opportunity ultimately. More more pints with Campbell? Yes, yes, yes. Although after, after I'd been back for about two years, he... I say retires the wrong word. He's only about forty. But he right. decided to kind of step down at that stage. At that stage, he was the kind of managing director. But he decided to step down, and we had a a, a great day on on his leaving date. I managed to convince them that I was the right person to do his leaving speech, and then all the things that he'd been up to over the years, he lived to regret for oh, a nice hour yeah. in the, the foyer at the, the office. So, so yeah, so no, no, it was good. It was coming back, and the, the business was changing a bit as well, because like I said, Redefine had bought BDL over. So Redefine had been much smaller than BDL, but BDL had more hotels, had more people, but Redefine were the ones with the cash. So they kind of a reverse takeover type thing almost. Yeah. And... I mean, really what we managed to do, and it was, it was difficult, is really keep a fantastic culture in the business. The two businesses really came together well and it, Brilliant. Yeah. it enabled us to go and, and grow in places that probably neither of the, the businesses independently would have done. So, yeah, so a, a kind of real positive. And then that was six six years ago, just over six years ago, and I've been back ever since. And now I've got the, the opportunity to to step up into the CEO role, which is huge for me. So. Yeah, that, well, I mean, first of all, congratulations. That's it's a, a, a hell of an achievement. I think I, what I also love about this is the the fact that the, your CEOs come in in many forms, right? And in terms of the 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 journey to get there is so different and diverse. Yeah. But I, you know, I think the 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 power of being a, a good CEO is being able to see multiple areas of the business and be able to see where you can kind of make continual improvements and certainly you've, I think you might have finance licked <laughs> hopefully some might, some might <laughs> disagree with you <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I think underneath that and you've highlighted this all the way through this chat as well is that you know you're a you're a human being as well you know and you you're certainly my dealings with you over the years you you don't take yourself too seriously you're you can have a laugh and a giggle you know when to do that you know when to be switched on you know when to be focused you know and um and obviously you know that business inside out and backwards and the journey it's been on recently so it's it's difficult to imagine if there would have been a better candidate well we'll never know anyway so yeah, well, let's just let's just say there wasn't yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. no i mean i think i think for me yes like i said it's for me throughout my career, I've always wanted to try and get as much kind of experience in, in different things, whether it be different companies or slightly different roles. And although I've been in kind of a lot of finance roles, I have within that kind of been involved in, in different things. And I think it just helps make you rounded. And my, yeah. my goal ultimately was always to become a CEO. And when I, I said to our outgoing CEO Helder, probably kind of four years ago, we were doing some kind of succession planning or you know, kind of just management leadership type stuff. Um, and he was talking about, you know, what you want to do. And I said, look, I want to be a CEO. I think I can do it. I think I've got the skill set, the experience. And, you know, that that's what I really want to do. And I wasn't ready at all at that time. And yeah. time will tell if I'm ready now. <laughs> um, but, you know, that was always kind of the goal. And to me, it was 
the, the way I wanted to do it was, like I said, was to get all of that different experience as much as I could. Um, and I think one of the things I suppose I've kind of, I don't know, learned is, is the right phrase, but I think what I said earlier on, when I was younger, kind of started off in this quite classic route for an accountant. You know, you do the appropriate subjects at school, you go to university and do the, the accounts degree, you go into the accounting firm, and then if you go into industry, you go into industry, and it's fairly kind of standard. But yeah. And to me, when I was younger, I kind of just thought, you know, that, that was it. That was the way you kind of had to do it. There wasn't really the options. And I think one of the things I've seen as I've kind of gone through the, the rest of my career is just the the completely different routes that people take into, yep. and I, I, I don't know if the hospitality industry is maybe better for it than some others because you just get people coming at it from all sides, the kind of the, the side I did, but then you get a lot of people coming through working in the ground up in hotels or bars or just all sorts of things. But I've just seen so many people and, and people that have really achieved or have really been great at what they do. And if you look back at how they got there, you kind of, or certainly I look at it and think, God, if I'd been in that position 20 years ago, I probably wouldn't have thought it would have been possible to get to, you know, where you are. Yeah. Now and that I mean that for me is a kind of a, a a big thing and to appreciate that and it kind of you know it makes me sit and think well you know when I was younger I wish I'd done more of you know, more travelling or you know going to university somewhere other than Glasgow um, <laughs> or, or whatever just done anything anywhere else other than Glasgow yeah and it, it's just at that, at that point in time I just never really kind of had that outlook or thought about it like that but can I really wish I had because I think you can see the benefits it brings from the people I know that went and traveled or went and lived somewhere else for five years or whatever it is and I think I've kind of to some extent through my career I've developed into that getting more experienced thing but it's been more kind of on the job and, and career focused rather than earlier on yeah. in my career but it is great I, I'm, I like now that I can see that people can make it in all the different ways and when I was younger I probably didn't really appreciate that or expect that that was possible yeah it's one of the reasons why why this podcast exists in the first place because I'm obviously I'm a a recruiter by day so I get to meet an awful lot of people in a a lot of different scenarios uh, for a lot of different jobs and the thing for me about that was is that there, there there's just I mean I don't know how you would ever figure out what the um the percentages of of xyz that does xyz but it's just you know there are millions and millions and millions of pathways to to get to wherever you want to get to and you know not everybody is going to be a ceo because there's not enough ceo positions for that to to happen but there's so many different there's other areas within you, you know each business that's uh, that's all important that the the ceo needs to be able to do to do their job well enough so it's i think now you know the travel thing for me is a is a big one you know and now that you're ceo you know you can affect the strategy and just just get them to to open hotels and the places that you want to go travel there you yeah, go. We're, we're trying that's, that's for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do think it's, it's quite important to try and make sure that that kind of viewpoint gets you know pushed down to the, the kind of the people that are coming through i mean Sometimes I still, you know, see people that have quite a fixed view on 
how they want to progress. And I know sometimes mm. that we might have roles going internally or, or people I know phone me and say, do you know anybody that might be good for this role? And it would be widening someone's experience, but people look at it and think, well, you know, and I think that's about a sideways step or, well, you know, I don't, I don't know that I want to go into that because I, I really want to be in hotels or I really want to do whatever. And I know yeah. that I would... <laughs> At a point in time, I might have been quite like that as well, but I just am kind of really keen to try and, you know, get that message out there of kind of get as much experience in whatever. It's only going to be a positive if you're kind of speaking to the the right people down the line because people will appreciate that and there's just no substitute for it. It's a bit cliched. I don't like (laughs) spouting cliches, but it just is. I mean, it's it's weird some of the stuff that you encounter in a really random situation and then 10 years down the line, it makes you think differently about how you respond in a certain situation and more than likely you'll respond better because of having that experience, even if it was a really hard or negative at the time it will be beneficial in the future so yeah 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 i i I, i'm completely on board and actually that's been a an overriding message from a lot of the the chats that i've had on this i've i've said exactly the same thing which is you know just just keep your keep your eyes open to what's possible um and you know go and take it and if that means in the early part of your career where you know you you jump around a little and I don't mean that in terms of six months here six months there but you know go and experience things go and experience places because it will it probably help you make better decisions uh, when it comes to to your career and look you know if you hadn't moved to to the south when you did you'd have probably still been giving people Glasgow kisses eh? <laughs> I wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, I had to, uh, that was a dare I gave myself to try and get that into the conversation somehow. So there we are. I've, uh, I've won. <laughs> oh, just like a stereotype. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you, you said cliches. There's definitely. If you listen back to the, any of the other podcasts, you'll you'll know that I can't get through a podcast without a cliche. So so don't worry about that. You're in good company. Good good. So. And I'm not going to keep you for too much longer. I'm conscious of time, but I um obviously ne- next year is going to be quite uh, an exciting and interesting. We'll caveat with the interesting year with you you stepping up into uh, a time where whereby it's it's a challenge out there. How does the the future look for for the company? Yeah, I mean, I think for us it's. It's a very positive. I mean, I'm certainly hoping that the only way is up from where we are now. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, hopefully down the line, no matter what happens, I can say it's better than when I took over. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a funny one. I mean, it's obviously kind of really difficult at the moment with the hotels struggling, and, and obviously we hope that they all come back to good health and that'll be the real focus over the, the next 12 months. I mean, one of our shareholders said to me recently that surviving is the new winning, which is a little bit depressing, yeah. to be honest, but yeah, yeah. it's it just it's, it's the way it is at the moment. And certainly in five years' time, I'll be reminding them that surviving used to be the, the new winning, so <laughs> not yeah, to yeah. be in my case too much. Yeah. But it's kind of a bit of an interesting one the business we're in is a kind of a management company quite often these sort of situations can actually lead to quite a lot of opportunity for us so we're actually kind of extremely positive about the next 12 months and i mean we've seen things like in the last 
18 months travel lodge, for example, went through another CVA and what that kind of created for us is that some of the travel lodge owners decided they didn't want to be in with travel lodge anymore. So, you know, they pulled their hotels out and they look at a different solution, which is, you know, maybe rebranding and then bringing a management company like us in. So, yeah, these kind of difficult times and it was similar back in kind of 2010 have actually kind of created potentially quite a lot of opportunity for us and businesses like ours. So we're actually kind of very positive about the next year. I mean, I think it will be incredibly hard work. We'll be looking at a lot of things, you know, we maybe haven't looked at before dealing with situations that specifically we haven't in those specific situations dealt with before, but hopefully all to the, the kind of the net positive, if you like, of the, the business. I mean, we've been. It's been important to us throughout this to not go down a kind of redundancy route. For example, with the team. Yeah. Although, unfortunately, in, in some of the, a few of the hotels that we operate, it was unavoidable in our, our management company. We haven't had to do that, and I think we're probably one of the few hotel companies out there that has managed not to do that. So that's a been a really important focus for us yeah and making sure that it continues and hopefully for now kind of worst past the worst of all of this then we'll have succeeded in that when we get through and, and build on that into the, the new year and i think that's been important for us to keep the team together and yeah so we come out of it in a good place i mean it'd be all too easy to have you know the company kind of falling apart the culture falling to bits and you're really then struggling when you come out the other side and I'm not saying it's easy, it's difficult and there's a lot of people I'm sure in the team that are having a hard time and whatnot, but we're all doing the best we can and, and yeah. the next year we're really, really positive about how we're going to come out of that and go forward. So That's great. Yeah, no, but I wish you all the, the very best, both from a business and personal perspective and, you know, and taking the step up and yeah i mean I, I i can't thank you enough for giving me some time today to to chat through your journey very very interesting and hopefully is another indication as to the 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 many different ways and routes that you can get to where you want to get to yeah uh, you're only just getting started hopefully you know. I'm, I'm still quite young even if i look quite old so yeah <laughs> If people want to get in touch with you to learn more about you, your journey, the the company, what would be the best method for them to do that? I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. It's the the only social media that I do, um, so they can find me on there. And I would welcome any message that wasn't offering me procurement services or to um, <laughs> you know, find me another job. Um, so, yep, yeah, all approaches. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all, all approaches, welcome. Or just my email address is david.hart at rbhmanagement.com and happy to interact with anyone. I mean, I think one of the things I'm kind of quite keen to do as I go into the new job is to try and kind of pick up with people that are kind of different to me. And I don't mean work in a different industry, but maybe actually some people that work in a different industry and understand a bit more, a bit like you're doing kind of with the podcast, understand a bit more about their journey, their experiences and just widen yeah. my understanding of, of what people are doing to I think that might help me be a better CEO as I go forward. So, brilliant. Yeah, well, that's very honourable. I, I think you know it's also another great lesson to anybody learning out there. It doesn't matter how senior you get in the industry. You know that you you continue to learn. Uh, how you know there's always new things to know. So um, yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, David, and uh, I'll let you on your merry way. 
and uh, we'll catch up again soon, I'm sure. That's great. Thanks very much for the time, Phil. You're very welcome. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Cheers now. Bye-bye. And there we have it. A superb story from David so far, demonstrating once again that there really is no right way or wrong way to reach your goals. I'd also like to take this opportunity to wish David all the very best in his new role as CEO for the year ahead. Don't forget, we'll be back at 8pm every Wednesday. Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.